four, three, five. <laughs> What's going on, Seven, y'all? You are not <laughs> nine, thirteen, two. What's up, y'all? Y'all <laughs> tuned in to episode one twenty eight of Not Politically Correct. It is your boy Rumor Court, aka Mister What to Do, aka Young Splash God, aka No Cap Charlie, aka Smooth Job Johnny, aka Uh Up Danny, aka <laughs> aka uh, FBI Mike, aka Hip Hop Harry, aka one Jimmy of <laughs> one of them boys. <laughs> That's my new shit. One of them boys. Um, uh, you can find me pretty much. I was not addressing. <laughs> you can find me pretty much on Twitter at Rimacoy KPZ, and then you can also find me on uh, Snapchat at Rimacoy Rebel. Uh, Cody, I am Cody. Russ, you know what? I'm uh, trying to talk about tags, like. Yeah. <laughs> But you can find me eating a salami bacon sandwich. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and that's it. Okay, okay. Well, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um. So, just so you guys know, you can find me. <laughs> we have a Facebook group. Um. The group is not politically correct. Uh, podcast you can join that group for all the shenanigans then we have a facebook page um that you can like that's npc podcast for numbers we are on twitter at not pc podcast so you can join that twitter page for some fighter as well (laughs) and we are on soundcloud the podcast app spotify spreaker google play anything that you can listen to stuff on except title because they're racist of course Uh, all you gotta do is type in not politically correct Find us, give us a listen. You can also leave comments in the whole nine, but we will not read that. I promise you. But I know you like to feel hurt, so there you go. All right, Captain Charlie. Now, <laughs> Captain Charlie. <laughs> so now, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to say it's time for sports per se, but we're gonna talk I'm about done. some sports. What What you yeah. got? What you got? What you got for the people today, Cody? Um. I got not sports. So the thing is, I'm just kidding. I don't get much because I was just telling her how so busy I am and no time for nothing. Yeah, I was able yeah. to take my first breath in a month. So, um, <laughs> um, but the oh Packers apparently suck. So we'll see how that goes. Um, what's that? Played what's their f- first game. I'm talking. Don't interrupt me. You can have your music statement. I'll shut up then. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. What's up? <laughs> Nothing? Cool. So, Bucks played their first pre- uh, regular season game, and they won. And Ooh. Giannis had 103 points, and McCoy said that Giannis played like terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but Dame won, and he won with. What, he had like 19 points in the last two seconds of the game, something like that. I'm over exaggerating. What's up? CD record and everything. Uh, let's see what else. Good <laughs> works. Um, um, is, is this the week of like the NFL trades and stuff? I don't know. You should ask the sports um, guy that. Well, <laughs> Charles, I think it. I think it is because uh, I've all like 
I've had people tell Someone me all traded week. traded Aaron Rodgers' Achilles tendon. <laughs> <laughs> they traded it to the garbage for, Baker. For, um, for a Whopper wrap. <laughs> hey, so no. a yellow Starburst. <laughs> um, I'm, I haven't seen most of the games uh, just because of time, but um, how are the Bucks doing? Um, now that we've got Dane. Well, like I said, they just played one regular season game yet, but it's so far good. I saw that they've had three separate plays where they set up a screen for Dame to shoot a three from like right. They set him up um, for a screen right by the the logo, and it worked every time. I'm like, man, wait, like, f- by the logo? You know, yeah, so he not half court. I'm I'm thinking it is wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, set the, they set the screen up in there, and then he goes on the other side. So still have like oh, okay. Brooke Lopez or someone else, you know, someone black. Got and you. then uh, go around and shoot. It's not like he's shooting from the logo. Got you, got you, got you. Okay, because I was going to yeah, say, it's... I've seen him do that, and I'm like, damn, he did it three times. <laughs> I'm so excited. The thing is, like, it's, it is stoppable, you know? Yeah. Like, you'll find a way. Like, uh, who was it? Um, it's kind of like, I mean, we're switching sports, but, um, Lamar Jackson, quarterback for the Ravens, yeah, he was yeah. like his first year in the league and he was on fire breaking Vic's record and stuff like that. But then it's like, okay, now teams know how to stop you. And then it kind of like, wasn't doing as like he was cause they found out. So this is what we need to do, you know? Right. So it's like, there's always a way you got to adjust and adapt, but, um, it's, as long as they don't, you know, it's just like. It's not an if, it's a when. Right. Hopefully, or not hopefully, but like, you know, we'll see. But as long as, because I mean, the, the key is with that, you you set up a screen and either Dame shoots the three or if they actually get to him, he'll pass it to whoever is under in the paint to dunk it or lay up or something, you know? Right, right, but right, right. There's only a certain number of defenders, so we'll see. Man, man. Well, I'm excited. I'm excited, man, just, just to see, especially after seeing Dame's stats. In this game, man, um, mm-hmm. I, like I'm just excited to see what really once they start to get that flow going, what's gonna happen this season. I remember they lost a preseason game like a, a week or two ago, and people were like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, right. bro, it's preseason. It's a preseason, bro. Right. Like, shut the fuck up. And now, now we in an, and and I'm gonna I'm be honest with you, Philly ain't no sucker ass team. So, right, Philly is not one of them. They they were saying like two most dominant players active are well not like only two but like um, they're always comparing Embiid and Joel Embiid and Giannis yeah, yeah. you know so yeah I think it's uh, but also go ahead <laughs> what do you think I was gonna switch for a little bit so I, you can finish up I was just gonna say I was gonna say I just um damn I lost my thought shout out Embiid but go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, Joel in bed. Um, so Jordan Poole, you know he he had a like a forty-one point game or something like that, and the next game was like seven points or something like that. So they're talking about he'll have those or that inconsistency. He yeah. said, "Quote: My basketball legacy is taken care of with the ring." I was throwing that the championship ring that he won with the Warriors. About the one way, oh yeah. shit, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> His precious, no, but I, <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> Where'd he go? 
Bring Wrath Dunk. Um, I I just think that's a very foolish statement to say because if you're talking about like legacy is a big word, yeah. And if you think that's in here with one ring, there's one ring separating Kobe from Michael, and they keep arguing that to this day. Yeah. And three of those guys are dead. That's not making sense. Um, they keep talking about how many you know the LeBron rings and stuff like that. So a lot of times it's. You know, even Barkley, like, oh, he's so good. Oh, he doesn't have any rings. You right. know, it's like, it's right. not taking care of with one ring. Plus, you were on a team with a lot of other good players. Like, he did his role, but he didn't win it himself, I, you know. I, I just think that was kind of foolish. I think, I think, and I was thinking about this the other day, which is, I didn't, I've never heard this quote from him, but it's very funny that you should say this. Um, there's so many legendary uh, basketball players that don't have a ring. Allen Iverson, uh, Carmelo Anthony, like you said, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Charles Barkley, Charles Tracy like, McGrady, Tracy Mc, Tracy yeah. McFucking Grady. Like, <laughs> there's so many. Did not know his middle name till now. Right, exactly. <laughs> his mom did not like him. The um, Mick fucked up story of the McWeek. <laughs> um, Irish. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Vince Carter doesn't have a ring. Which you would mm-hmm. you would assume he would have found oh, someone. Oh man, I there. wish he would have. As many teams as he was on too. Right, man. Derrick Rose no. don't have. Derrick Rose will have a ring, and, and I got to tell you, even don't though don't make me cry this morning, right? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> even though he's on I Memphis, that man. even though he's on, yeah, he he was one of them ones, man. Even though he's on Memphis, he really like I ain't no telling. I, I can see Memphis getting far in the playoffs, but I don't think they're gonna go to the finals, and they're not gonna be you us. Know, they're not gonna be us. I don't know how many years, right? I don't know how many years Derrick Rose has left, and I, I was gonna say like, well, he's still playing, so don't say never. But at the same time, like, I don't see many other teams getting to like even like the final four of playoffs kind of thing. I know it's not NCAA, but like, other than like, I'm, I'm thinking Bucks. Yeah. I'm thinking I I don't want to say Lakers, but don't rule them out, and it's too early. But I don't think they'll win. There's I'm, Lakers or Suns. Denver. Yeah, Denver. Should I forget about them? Yeah, there's a few teams, but I'm not. I'm not thinking that Memphis is gonna be bad. But I don't think they're gonna get that close. You know exactly. You exa- That's exactly what I'm thinking, Cody. Um, East. They had their time. They z- <laughs> Miami. Miami, dude. Miami. We either see in Miami or Boston. Boston. Yep. We either see in Miami or Boston in the, in the e- EC ECF. Like somebody was. Uh, I have a, a dude I follow on Twitter. Cool dude. Yes, that stands for Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> cool dude. Shout out to what's his name? Dean Scorpion, I think his name is. Uh, something like that. But he's on Twitter. That's my homie. Not my homie, homie, but he's always Wait, talking, you don't even know his name, talking sports. Uh, and he is a Philly. He's from Philly. He's a diehard Philly fan. He got Eagles and, you know, the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And he's always talking that. And he's like, he was the whole game dogging the Bucks, whatever. It's like their flaws, their flukes, and Giannis don't, you know, he always getting uh-huh. fouled and going to the line, yada, yada, all this other shit. And I'm, and he's like, it's cool. We're going to see y'all in the Eastern Conference Finals, though. And I'm like, mm, no, you're not. He's going to ride that Boston shortlist. No, you're not, bro. No, you're not. Like, Boston is. Always Like, <laughs> you're not meeting us in no Eastern Conference Finals, bro. Boston is definitely. Boston and Miami are definitely two teams that. I'm not worried about because we got game time. Come on now. But I'm like, them going to be the ones that we every – because if they even beat us once or twice in the regular season, you know, then they're going to think, you know, mm-hmm. that just – beating a team gives somebody the confidence to be like, damn, I can really – you know what I'm saying? So – and it's going – It's like my – this is personal, like not saying the NBA ring, but like my 
ranking for the Eastern Conference is like number one Bucks, yep. then probably my, uh, Boston, then Miami, then Toronto, then maybe uh, Philly. Like, hmm. There, there's a lot of team, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Now I don't know if I'd rank Toronto over Philly. Not today's Toronto over Philly, but um, just still like, still there are just a, n- a number of good talents. Don't forget um, the Knicks and uh, what's right. it? I'd probably do Philly than Toronto. Cle- uh, Cleveland, Cleveland got Do- Cleveland Do- got Donovan Mitchell and that other guy. I don't even know the other guy's name, but the Cleveland was ended like fourth or fifth um, last year, and they're expected to do really, really good. So we we can't count out Cleveland. Like there's stuff going on in the East that's going could potentially prevent. Like Cleveland could turn out to be a better team than Philly easily. Um, so, but I say all that to say we talk about the back to the Jordan Poole thing, the legacy. Rings don't make up your legacy necessarily. But but I will say this: one one having at least one ring is important because there's a lot of dudes that don't. There are a lot of dudes who only do have one ring. So it puts you in a in a just winning a finals game. And he played in that finals, too. He got points in that finals. He got minutes in the, in the finals. So I get what Jordan Poole is trying to say because great there are great people out here who don't have one ring. And the goal in the NBA is to get that ring. So for all the naysayers that are hopping on his ass and constantly, you know, talking shit, he's just trying to play ball at this point. He's saying... I just want to lead this team and y'all keep, you know, and it, which is, it's basketball media, of course, but I get what he's trying to say. He's like, I got the ring. So I'm in, I'm in a certain level of player that y'all can't not, you can't take me out of that. And he's, he's I wouldn't say level of player, but I would say oh, right, in right. an exclusive club. Right. Exactly. Yes. Uh, yes. Because, yes. you know, there's still, like you said, elite players who don't have a ring, but you can't deny them their prestige and their, their right. uh, ability. Uh, you're an exclusive club because you have a ring, yeah. Um, but there's probably cats who have a ring who just sat on the bench too. <laughs> so, Not true. Yeah, Not there's true. a dude. I forget his name, but he's got like, I forget how many rings, like four or five rings. But he's got like no MVPs, no Finals MVP, no this and that. Really? I wonder is if you even got Horry? it off the bench. Is that Robert Horry? No, nah, Robert Horry. That's, he got seven. He, Robert Horry. Let me tell you something. <laughs> he's got seven rings. Yeah. He, he yeah. has no MVPs, no... Yeah, yeah that's, no, that is what yeah. I'm thinking of. But, yeah. but Robert Horry, this is what I'm saying, though. That nigga Robert Horry... That nigga Robert Horry in the finals has game-winning shots. Like, game-winning... Yeah. Like, shots that... I'm like, if they give you the ball at the last minute, everybody have a game-winning shot. But no, but no, we're not going to do... Um, but I'm not... <laughs> game-winning shots, and he has two points. But, but I'm, not, I'm not denying him his, his prestige. What I'm saying is that he's in the exclusive club as far as the ring goes. He does right. his due diligence on the team, but he's not really brought up in most conversations as far it's as like, like who's the best this, who's the, who does that. Right, he's, it's like he's the a clutch player. Yeah, spectrum of right. these other like Robert Horry and on one side and Allen Iverson on the other side or something right. like that. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, for sure. He's so like, like a... are these two players equal? Definitely not. But they they both have done their due diligence as far as their team is concerned. One just happens to have um, a com- a team combination that got them to the finals and the ring uh multiple times whereas one just didn't yeah yeah and robert robert horry was on two of the powerhouse teams of the 90s 2000s mm-hmm. era mm-hmm. he was on the spurs and the lakers nigga had nigga went yeah. from nigga went from um kobe and shaq to fucking uh tim duncan and tony park like bro, 
and the nigga and and the thing is on both teams, I'm pretty sure on both teams he has game winning shots. Like not just the Lakers, but also on the Spurs showed up and won helped them win games. Like so Ginobili. He he is um he is a you know what's crazy? He is like a Jordan Poole of the last generation type of thing. I feel like um, uh, or possible he's, it, they they could kind of level out, but I don't think Poole is going up with as many rings though for sh- for sure. Not J- Robert Horry has more rings than Kobe no, yeah, and, and Mike. And it's, <laughs> and, it's, and it's interesting because you know it's it's a different NBA now um, as oh, far yeah. as like how they play rules and and kind of what the meta is um, as far as the NBA goes. So it, it's 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 a it's a strange version of the sport in my opinion uh, you know I haven't grown up with it being a lot more physical you know right. um, on TV and, and even off when you're just going to playgrounds and stuff like that I was just um, watching something just, about Malice at the Palace <laughs> oh man yeah, yeah, yeah it's just like a different different game now so it, it it's a really it's really a toss up of is this is this like political as far as how the games go or you know but it, it, it just feels like something is, is underlying when I watch it. So, yeah, I was just definitely thinking recently that there's, like, they, they used to say, like, you know, it was more physical back then, and now they're softer or more flaps or less defense and stuff like that. How I'm noticing now, and just from the past, like, maybe a couple or a few years of the NBA, this is just, like, different eras, you know? Yeah. And it was obviously more physical then, but and then it kind of, I'll, I'll give it to them, say a little softer or whatnot, but it's just like with these eras, it seems more competitive now. Yeah. Not only just like teams being competitive, but then you yeah. have these players' individual ego and their beef with other players or with other teams or like we keep seeing this team in the finals or, or oh. I don't know. It just it gives me excitement, so it's not as boring. It's like, okay, it's people are fighting for us, you know? Yeah. Let me ask you all this. Um, as far as how the flow of the game is and how it differs from how it used to be, do you guys still feel it's the same type of team sport or has the meaning of the team sport as far as the NBA goes, has that changed? I think it's changed. Okay. I don't think today's NBA is the same as it was five years ago. Okay. I think um, it's it's changed kind of on 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 both sides, but it also it like fluctuates, like depending on yeah. uh, the team and, and especially who the who the head coach is, um, their attack. Uh, because you could say even and at the <laughs> at, uh, in you know Jordan's uh, era or Kobe's era, there was a team built, but it was built around a specific player. You know, I mean yes. that's just how it was. Um, so it was a team sport quote-unquote, for the most part, but of course, in the clutch, you have to have a leader. Um, Jordan for his team, Kobe for his team, um, LeBron for his team, um, Curry maybe for his team. Um, and in this 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 current era, you kind of have flashes of that, um, but I'm, I'm not, I don't know if it's is as strong as it was before. For me, for me, I think, um, of course, the NBA is things change like you know the pacing of the game mm-hmm. has changed it's gotten faster which is how we get you know teams with so many points but the team the same elements have always been there for um basically the the, the same elements have been there for both generations or both in all eras so you have teams where it's like 
too focused around one person. You have that now. You had that then. I think now, um, like like Jordan. Jordan was a dick to a lot of players. They and they they've said this before. Like he was a, mm-hmm. you know, and you can you can have and that. He's not stopping. Right, and now you got now you got, um, as much as I love Harden, you know, Russ talked about going to Houston and Harden was out partying and it was like wasn't it treating it like a team, but then you on the then on the flips on the flip side, you have definite team definite people who move move as teams. I will say this and I'm gonna stand on this, the the team the 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 best teams the teams that get multiple rings and shit move as a unit and and perfect example of this generation golden state we we steph curry changed the I game i was gonna and, go ahead go ahead go ahead oh or uh, i was uh, just thinking when you said that the little warriors but also like more specifically like the 2015 warriors they were just so fluid but they it's not like they stopped but they're just yeah like one body with like a was it Gundam or something? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I got you. Show is really Voltron good. and shit. Something with <laughs> that's, like, that's another good anime you should get into too. Gundam. Yeah, okay. eventually. <laughs> but like one machine with multiple parts, and they just yep. work together. You know, yep. Power Rangers thingy, whatever their dinosaur. Yeah, but it's like Voltron. Yep. Yeah, dude. That's yeah. The, whatever Method Man said. <laughs> the, the 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 thing about the thing about the original Warriors before they before we got to the mid 2010s and they got um, Durant and shit. Those Monte Ellis. All those players, man. All those players were not. They were all like that team was crafted and built. The, yeah. and, a, and a, the center of the team from from Jermon, uh to to um, Clay, Clay, Steph. Uh, what, they and, passed the ball so frequently. Yep. Looked at. I feel like they the playbook was like at the back of their hand, just memorized. You know. Yep. Yep, mm-hmm. and and we we put so much emphasis. And everybody fulfilled their role. It, yes. Listen, we put so much emphasis on Curry. I was just gonna say that, Russ. We put so much emphasis on Curry. We don't realize that in 2015, the Finals MVP was Andrew Iguodala. Like, it, we, yeah. Like, Iguodala's <laughs> like, really? always been a silent killer, though. Ex- yeah, for like, sure. On any team for sure. he's for sure. For sure. For sure. So you think of. He didn't gain like the notoriety until he, you, you know, know he was I in always like contest like that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I always liked him, and you know, speaking of, because this is kind of, I think the same class. I think he got was that twenty ten or twenty eleven, but um, they got drafted. But uh, John Wall's another guy that's like, I think, really good, but won't get a ring. Yeah. Oh and God. Now he's out of Washington. Oh my God. So they've been, he been, they've been. So where's he at think, right now? Because was he, he was on the, they put him on the Clippers last season, and he didn't even really get to do anything. He would have been great there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's like a real heartbreaking thing. Yeah, is seeing like good players being in a good environment, and then all of a sudden they're just traded to another exactly. team where you know they won't succeed how they they would John, if they stay where they were. Yeah. John Wall's <laughs> with the Rockets right now. Holy shit, I did not know that. Uh see, I remember they I remember they oh, moved wow. him there, but he, remember that was the place where he had started to started his downfall. He hates he hates that organization. And he somehow ended back up with the Rockets. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we did talk about that already. I forgot about yeah. that. Man, dude. He I, said that he hates that organization, and then like three days later he got traded there. Yep, yep, exactly. I feel so bad for him. But on the plus side, though, Houston's young guys are looking a little – they're looking hungry this year. So, I mean, maybe maybe, maybe Houston could have a resurgence. But but to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, you got all – you got so much heavyweights in the West – you got the Clippers, who are all healthy this season. You have Lakers, who with LeBron, he's be always going to be. Well, to be honest, you got to be a little taller. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. And Greek. The Rockets, I feel like they have, 
years here and there that yeah. have great potential, but yeah. they're missing something. Like they're they're that, always yeah, just like right on the cusp. And, and and I don't right, I don't know what it is, and I don't know if it's even like something we don't see unless we're in there, you know, if it's like a coaching thing or organization thing, but something's off that could be a lot better to make them a team. I, I honestly you know? think they have a real ego problem too, like a clash of egos that kind of like don't allow them to play like they should as a team. Oh, a lot of times they, they kind of seem to be grabbing a, a, like a key big player yeah. um, like John Wall, like James Harden, like Chris Paul. Like they just think like, oh, that player's good. But they don't – I don't think they recognize or realize like uh, what they actually need. Yeah. Like, well, what if we need actually – and I'm not – this is hypothetical, but like you guys don't need – that kind of player because that doesn't fit what you have right now you right. need a center or you right. need someone who can do you know it's like that's a good player but on their own you need a team that can do this and that together you know? right full right. circle full circle back to the full the idea mm-hmm. of the best teams are full-on teams circle jerk. so man <laughs> this is a i mean it's, it's so much so much going on in the league right now but i mean two just came out you said what Spider-Man 2 just came out. <laughs> I'm so lost. <laughs> I'm so lost. Oh, wait. The video game Spider-Man 2. Okay. I was different. Yeah. Did we? Wait, hold on. Pause. Did no, we call I'm this? Internet Explorer now. Did we call this Cody's <laughs> Corner before? It's because Toby I was going to say that out loud. Yeah, and it's like. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think we okay. caught it before, yeah. Okay, good. Wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. So Unless you don't want to be a square. Cody's <laughs> circumference. Um, some music. <laughs> We <laughs> don't want to talk about the Spider-Man Cody's too. Area. Okay, I haven't played it. Okay, all right. Hold on one second. I just want to grab my charger for the computer. Got a job. <laughs> a job. And you know what? Oh, is he gone? Yeah, I think he said one second, like seventeen pounds, and you're ignoring him. Mm. Good. Almost a minute now. I was gonna say it's definitely longer than a second. Okay. <laughs> and we're back. All right, so yeah, okay, Spider Man uh, Two came out, and I was just talking about Spider Man a lot while I was sitting on my porch, and there's a reason for that. <laughs> oh shit! Was that the name of the album? Damn. Porches. Okay. Just plug it. And then I was. Getting a little cold, I could notice from my TDs, TD, TD, TDs, T. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a reason for it. Boy, you, <laughs> y'all funny, man. So, since we are talking about reasons, <laughs> hip hop. So, <laughs> hip hop powerhouse TDE has been known to sign some of the best talent in the industry. From Kendrick Lamar to SZA, we look to this label for monumental artistry from its ranks of rappers and singers. A few years ago, Carson California MC Reason answered the call, for me at least, (laughs) with his debut album, New Beginnings. The album had the perfect mix of everything I needed and was one of only two albums I ever gave 10 megaphones to. Now, people griped about that. (laughs) People griped about that. That two... (laughs) Um, I ever gave 10 megaphones to. <laughs> That's hilarious. But now, 
he is back with Porches, an introspective concept album, he called it. And we just want to know as the people if he has brought it again. Okay. So, dear Pod, what were y'all thoughts? Cody, Russell, what did y'all think about this album? I did listen to multiple times, uh, but to me, this seems like something I need to listen to a lot more. Like, I don't know if it's how long it'll take, like months or something like that on repeat, but um, okay. it's like the Houston Rockets. There's something I'm missing. <laughs> <laughs> you And Cody, you are but not the only it's person. Not bad. So. Yeah, it's there's some stuff where it's like I, you know, I got to listen a lot of times or something like that, or even movies or shows where it's like I got to watch it a lot. It's, you mean still watch The Matrix and you find oh shit, you know, there was no spoon. Oh shit, there was a fork the whole time. No, I was kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't know if I can really give it a rating, but it's interesting and good. Okay, okay. Well, let, let me. I, I I do want you to rate it only because you two you microphones. Must- Two? Damn. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, and I only said it because if you listen to multiple times, I want to just get you, like, in your heart of hearts, what you think, like, right now. Because we can come back to a year from now and be right like, now, seven. right now, seven. Okay, that's solid. That's solid. I, I respect that, for sure. Russ, what did you think? A liquid six. <laughs> a gas eight. A New York eight. No, a New York eight. So a Florida 12? Um... <laughs> Um, so the album, uh, at first I had the wrong one because some random niggas call themselves reason also, um, really? um, and it was like a six piece and I'm like, this doesn't sound like the nigga I, I know, the fuck? um, <laughs> but I got the right, right album and, um, I've been a, a fan of reason's music since the last one we reviewed. Yeah. Um, I really dig what his producers and, and sound engineers create for him. Uh, one of my favorite songs is uh, "It's Still Fall." Um, don't you fall? Don't you yep. fall? I still love that song. Um, hey. Um, also, I get that they, you know, really be trying to bring back the art of the skit or interlude, uh, but just get to the next song. I, I really <laughs> hate that in, in modern modern rappers now. Like, not not D twelves. Stop it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's time and a place, and sometimes like they try to emulate something, and it's like that's not you're not doing it right, or it's not right. for you kind of thing. But other I'm times like, it actually cool. works. You know exactly you. what I mean too when I say yeah. not D12. Yeah, no, I know. Them niggas have some skits. This is DJ Seven Deuce. <laughs> <laughs> Call him my ass. You know what this is? Bizarre, going to do stuff that we can't say on online. Right. Um, <laughs> I like the Nelly ones with Cedric the Entertainer. Too. Yeah, <laughs> but no, yo, I, I was thinking think... like Snoop Dogg or Kevin Hart and shit like that. Oh my god, I was just um, thinking about that. The Nelly, uh, Cedric the Entertainer. For a good story, good kid, Mad City. Oh man, right, he's right. the best. But, but you know, especially when there's like seven different songs on one track. You know, the Kendrick Curse is what I call it. Oh my, because um, can't give you a song, a poem, a sermon, a PowerPoint presentation, a Shakespearean play, and a commercial. <laughs> Thirty minutes on one track and shit. Oh my god! Thank you, Russell, for calling attention to that shit. Sick of that. It, <laughs> I it, fucking hate it. it dude, I hate it so much. So bad, bro. Stop. Oh my god! You and you so right with the Kendrick Curse shit. Because... You can break them up. It's gonna oh, be the same amount of time god. on this fucking CD. <laughs> you bitches! You bitches! I swear to God, bro. It started in that era of like 2010 oh. rappers, bro. Where where Drake did it. 
He did it on a uh, take care yeah. with the cameras and then uh, what's the other one that's after cameras? What uh, cameras are then? Um, um, whatever that fucking song. Oh, did he do it on Marvin's room too and shit? Yeah, like, he did it like he did it like tw two or three times <laughs> on that album, and and then he did it, and then Kendrick did it, and then Schoolboy Q. Schoolboy Q was no. Listen to me, man. Listen to me. There is no reason on Oxymoron <laughs> that he has a song called Prescription slash Oxymoron. Them songs do not go together. They yeah. are not. They are two different that vibes. That album's not that great. It's, oh, God. I, mm. There's like two great, good songs on there. Dude. Right. It, <laughs> huh. But I digress. Yes, right. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you done riled them up. Oh, my broke his mic again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this had a good uh, variety of the musicality on a lot of these tracks is definitely Chef's Kiss. Um, pretty smooth, mostly all the way through. Um, reason that as usual. I feel yeah. like it's a it's a good eight eight and a half to me. Um, okay. You know, I I really dig like the dude. He's still in rotation as far as like what I listen to on a regular. Um, it felt a bit involved time wise. I remember um, like maybe the third or fourth time through. I'm like, damn, I'm only in the middle of this bitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what she said. But uh, well, yeah. But um, uh, it it didn't it didn't feel like it was like um, like dry long. It just felt like it was said. like oh wow, I'm still still listening to this type of shit. Dry long. Um, a couple of tracks I like. Um, I like faded off for and a broken winter. Um, mm, yep. I like the loop on too much and I don't trust you. Uh, but you know how I look at music. I look at music from the music first, and then yep. I go back and, and listen to the lyrics type thing. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's fair, man. He okay. was like, "Where was this bitch born?" <laughs> <laughs> okay. We fucking like August Alcina. <laughs> Dog. He had a couple of joints on his that album. Was funny as fuck. Yeah. No. No. I, like, I laughed. I laughed. I laughed when he said that shit. Like. Especially with everything that's going on with Jada and Chad, I was like, "This is a prime time to have that line in your album." Like. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh man. But um yeah, this is so hold on, let me I wanna move this part real quick so we can Apparently J. Cole uh did a performance and he left that line out. Oh Jada and Will Love. <laughs> yeah, I saw that shit. That was like last year too. People I, don't know, I thought that was this. <laughs> I just saw it show up on my timeline like last week. I thought that was recent. Oh no, it was from it was from last year, um when what the fuck happened? I forgot what happened. It was after the it was after the smack or whatever, and he said it. I think Jada said I didn't need to be defended. It might have. It could have been earlier this year. It was yeah, it, when she was like giving him the eye, like you ain't gonna say nothing. Oh yeah, yeah, man. I shit. Like, he was laughing. Then he's like, oh, that's my cue. I should go slap somebody. Right, right. right. Um, oh, you know, like this me. My sorry, my sorry, my sorry. <laughs> She's such a narcissistic bitch. <laughs> you such a teapot. What's the? <laughs> a what? And I wonder what the teapot. A teapot. <laughs> I wonder what the reason is for her being she's like this. Short and stout. She's bald. <laughs> right. Uh, my teapot is also bald. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> the reason album. The things I like about the reason album. First and foremost, man, storytelling. Um. So this album. He built it around, so he said, dates. That was the, where the concept came from. His last album, he ended that album with a song called Windows Cry, and he starts rattling off dates. And so he said for this album, he would take those dates and start using them 
to tell the stories, okay? So I've been doing a lot of research on the album outside of just listening to it. I did a, watched a, like a ton of interviews about this um, album um, because Reason it seems to be like a hated, um, not hated, but just a an MC that... No, 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 I get that. Like, he he does seem hated from, like, all the, the shit he says and from, like... Yep. Kind of like other reviews I, I've seen on yeah. him. Like, yeah. I don't get what the what's the hate on dog. Like <laughs> I don't I don't know either, man. Like so so a little bit of backstory. When I when I was doing the research and, and, and listening to this album and shit, because I didn't even know this album came out. I didn't get to this album until like a month after it came out, like three weeks or so. And <clears throat> when I was really started when I really started rocking with this album, I just happened to be, you know, looking up interviews and stuff connected to it. And the mm-hmm overlining theme about reason seems to be one that he can't break through to like the bigger audience like he like commercially mm-hmm. he just can't seem to find his footing um which is yeah. a, a hard it's like in russell you can probably it's a hard thing to like hard set of shoes to fill when you come from the ranks of the original tde and then right not the, only that he the, you know people kind of like pigeonhole him as this like kendrick clone yep 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 like, comparison is the thief of joy yep and and i think part of that too part of that too lies in that he himself um often talks about like tde and how he feels you know he bring he brings up tde a lot in his songs which is mm-hmm. some of the honesty which he's gonna talk about in his album too but i think that that like helps to fuel he knows what the people are thinking of he knows yeah. people are looking at him to be that that the next they're looking for that next big thing from TDE, you know? Right. And so right. that is why, like, on his first album, Press Tour, New Beginnings, he couldn't tour, but, yeah. you know, he was still doing interviews and stuff, and the interviewers kept asking, this is 2020, they kept asking him about Isaiah Rashad, because at that point, Isaiah Rashad hadn't dropped the album in four years. Then they were asking him about... The gig Um, <laughs> They were asking him about Kendrick, about Ab. So they were asking him about TDE. And what he had to like yeah. try to tell people is that you know it's a full blown label. You know the original TDE was like four artists, and so they were and they were all poor, so they were coming up under Top Dog. You know Schoolboy, right. K Dot, J Rock, Absol. So we knew we knew Black Hippie. They were coming up. They came in the industry together as like a brotherhood, but the label has grown now. You know they have R and B artists. They you know SZA's the biggest superstar in the world right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yes, it, she is. Yes. It's the album. Yep. She's that, kind of like overshadowing Beyonce at this time. Yep, yep. That album that album um spent the longest number of consistent weeks, I think, on the R and B album at number one. Of any R and B it's the longest running number one R and B chart album in history. Yeah. Over Beyonce, over Michael Jack, like the album is crazy. Doing numbers. It's definitely gonna be I guarantee it's gonna be nominated for album of the year at the Grammys. Like it, it's breaking it's you know. It did the numbers first week. It sold like 300,000 copies first week, plus 300,000 plus. So the biggest yeah. superstar since Kendrick left TDE is none of the original TDE members. It's SZA. So I forgot Kendrick left. Every, everybody's looking for someone to fill the rapper's shoes, which is what TDE was from. Yeah. And um, people, Isaiah Rashad and SZA came in at the same era. They came in like right after TDE popped, like in 2013, they got both got signed. And so you've seen them close to Kendrick and, and, and Kate or, and, and Schoolboy and all of that, they've all, those original six members, the the original four plus the two new, the two new brother and sister, though they've all shared album space and all this other shit, they've done shit together. 
in 2015, they went on the Champions Tour. Reason, Dolce and Rayvon, those are the new three, new three artists, they weren't on that tour because they weren't signed yet, but the original mm -hmm. members and whoever they had signed, Sir, Zakari, all those people were on that tour. So that, everything after that is new. And so Dolce, Reason, Rayvon, Rayvon's amazing if you haven't heard him. These artists mm -hmm. are trying to carve up their own, their own lane. And so right. Dochi has it. Dochi's records are getting radio play, and but she's a singer slash rapper. But her audience, you know, I mean, she does a lot of like just really her her style is kind of different. If you got, I don't know how to describe it, but she will appeal to you know <laughs> different type of audience. Um, the, mm -hmm. al the alphabet camp, all of that. She's gonna she's gonna go she's gonna go that route. <laughs> uh, Rayvon is an MC's MC, but for some odd reason, they say he has a little bit more traction, and this came up in a in a, in a podcast that Reason did called Back on Fig, which has some members of the TDE camp in it, like MacWap and T-Rail. Um, but in that, him and Musa, who's the TDE president, calls up, and they have a back and forth, and that's the, of the interviews, that's the one that y'all need to watch, because Musa starts telling secrets about TDE, where Reason Reason basically said, you know, I love my label, but certain things weren't executed. And Musa got mm -hmm. on there. Musa, which is... He uh, is the Houston Rockets. So <laughs> I was going to... When you were talking about that in sports, I, I had a, a reason I was going to compare... A reason I was going to compare that. A reason. Um, so Musa, <laughs> who is Top Dog's son, once Dave Free left the company <laughs> with Kendrick to start PG Lang, because Dave Free was the president and one of the producers, but he was Kendrick manager and Kendrick's best homie. Once he left the company with Kendrick to start PG Lang, um, Musa, who is Top Dog's son, took over as president. And so right before they left is when Reason came in. Right before Ken Ken uh, Kendrick and Dave Free left. And this is where the issues start because Dave Free and Kendrick, Dave Free said Reason reminded him of a substitute teacher. Kendrick, <laughs> Kendrick, <laughs> Kendrick said, right, exactly. When you said it, it's like, damn, okay, not my man's, but um, Kendrick. Yeah. So, so basically, the, the analogy is there is that Kendrick is the main teacher. Right. Um, no, you know I get this. Just... Okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm not confused. I'm just like, why the like, audacity, you know? Yeah. And, and K Dot, him, they asked Kendrick what they, how he feel. And K Dot said he has a lot of talent, but you know, it's going to take more than just talent. You know, the substitute teacher, I think it's funny that you pointed out the Kendrick thing. I don't think Dave Free meant it like that. I think Dave Free just meant this nigga is boring. He's like to look to, like he don't give, he don't give superstar. And Kendrick said it's going to take a lot more once y'all sign him. And so Dave Free, who was the president at the time, didn't want to sign him, but Top Dog did. Top I mean, Dog heard it and liked it. So Kendrick does put on good performance. Yes. He does have a very creative mind with uh, music videos or with coming out with projects and how to I don't know. Um... And this is kind of like my my um my thought process because like me and me and McCoy talk about this shit all the time. I think when it when it comes to like um comment and shit to yeah, where yeah. like he is a rapper but he is not like not like most deaf was, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. He, he's not like that out front, the, the guy that you are right. going to have headline and stuff. Right. Common will be, a, be in there somewhere, but Coffee he shop. does have 
like great reps and and like <laughs> like even my cousin always be like, all right, nigga, you know, I'm tired of you know the, the enlightenment and shit. Talk about bitches, talk about champagne, talk about bars. Yes, and, like, <laughs> that's kind of how people view the rap industry, unfortunately. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> that's the part that I'm not really for is in this old age you know man but yeah. talk to me about my finances exactly <laughs> you need have you yeah. ever heard jay-z four four four? um have you ever heard uh jay-z's 444 44 or whatever you want to call it yeah i love that album exactly okay well, yeah. i mean it's only like 20 minutes long so i just look front and back you know <laughs> um but but i got off on a tangent but 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 um storytelling on this album um the dates start from windows cry and so he's lacing in all these dates and kind of telling these different stories that he's either watched witnessed gone through the story uh too much or melly mel is a person he knew named mel who was a football player in his hood that got a scholarship was at a party he was about to get out he was gonna go to penn state i think got a scholarship was about to get out of there went to a party his cousin got into it with somebody else and shot a, a person and they arrested him but he wouldn't snitch on his cousin. And so he did a year in prison until everything, you know, came to light and <laughs> lost his scholarship. Now he's stuck, you know, there. Um, right. You know, he talked, he talks so much, so many vivid stories. Um, the uh, Winter Break song where he talks about a dude that he know, he said he knew a dude that came home from, you know, college or whatever and got robbed and then responded. But his little brother had seen the whole thing. And so that bussing, that winter, I don't know if people connected, that winter part two bussing is the little boy on the porch coming back to be like, now hey, I seen this and I'm and I'm moving like that. And so that was where the, you know, Ray Wan feature comes in is Ray Wan being like the little brother. It, it, it's the, the album is really, really good when he comes to putting stories together. So that's what one of my biggest things on this album is the storytelling. Um. Mm -hmm. Brutal Honesty is the second thing I really like about this album. Brutal Honesty and songs like Gang Shit, where he's talking about, he talks about first verse, his family changing up, you know, when he thought it was supposed to be gang shit, but they see him getting money now, they just assume that he either hates them, he's too good for them, won't reach out, yeah. or or they just need something from him. And then the second verse <laughs> is about TDE and how people think that this label is a family, but at this point it's grown. It's, you know, Cardi B's not doing songs with everybody on Atlantic, but we all, we as as fans expect or want what we want. We expect him to get signed to TDE and him and Kendrick to start being close as hell. By the time he got there, Kendrick was on his way out. That's what people don't really know. They said, he said he got there in 2018 and Kendrick was pretty much gone really the next year. Like, this last Kendrick album, we wouldn't really put together with TDE. Like, that's what, people don't understand this stuff though because we just see we see TDE, the TDE logo, and we think Kendrick and Schoolboy are supposed to be homies with SZA. And, I mean, they've been on tour, but homies with, like, Rayvon. They're Ray not Von. living in the same house anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's, a, that's a joke, but it's critical. Those four original mm -hmm. people lived and slept on Top Dog's floor. Like, those original four people, according to the stories we've been given, because, you know, you never know what exactly true, but they were broke, poor, on Top Dog's studio floor, sleeping in there. And Top Dog telling them this shit's about to happen. And so those original four members are going to be, they like brothers. They close. And they respect people coming in. J-Rock threw his arm around. Reason has got a couple songs with him. Um, you know, that he got ad-libs from Kendrick. 
but it's not like when you talk about something like gang shit it's you just telling the truth that y'all can't expect the fans want to know they want me to answer questions about these people that i don't know on these interviews and i'm trying to pr move my career forward and you asking me about a nigga that i don't have no personal relationship with and when he was honest about it on interviews people called him like a hater or like damn like td don't fuck with this nigga like what's wrong with him and i think he's caught a lot of flack for that so dude that's probably like a jordan love like trying to you know get his role and then everybody in the interviews like talking to him about rogers this rogers yeah like, can i yeah. play can you yeah, about me you yep know? exactly yeah. that's that's how he felt that's how reason is said in many, many interviews that first his first album his debut album press run felt like that it's like I get it. Y'all want to know about these niggas, but I don't really know about these niggas. I don't really know about these niggas. I know of them, and we didn't took pictures together and shit, but them not my niggas like that. We don't have personal relationships. my album. I am not Kendrick Lamar. Don't hey. talk to me about that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so now when he speaks, when he has songs like gang shit, when he speaks about certain shit, they don't, it looks like he's just down in Kendrick, but it's like, I'm just telling y'all the truth. Um, It's, man, there's so many layers to, to this reason shit, man. Um, poster child where poster child he talks about the last song on the album he talks about you know um just what people what he's the poster child for in rap right now and what people are putting on him to be the poster child for um yeah. brutal honesty and then rich mirages that's a such he samples a drake line um um what is it from the chicago freestyle whatever um truck to the plane to the truck truck to the hotel uh, like yeah, truck to the plane to the truck, truck to the hotel lobby. He he takes that little line from uh, um, the Drake song and kind of flips it. And the whole record, he's talking about how him being rich and what that, how that pertains to his relationship with women. And he starts that song off talking about, I can't tell you about wife, but I can tell you about hoes because he never committed. Like he, some of the honesty on this album is just amazing. It's it's amazing, and it kind of shows you. You know, should you choose to believe that he's telling you the truth, it shows you a lot about this man, man. So, and the last thing I liked, but also kind of hated, it's a duality here, is the voice acting. Um, the voice acting, he said, originally they hired voice actors for the skits, and the shit sounded horrible to him. He said it wasn't, they weren't sounding like people from L.A. They weren't barely sounding, they, were, they just didn't sound natural enough. So he brought in people that he knew from around his, you know, his area. And mm -hmm. had them acted out, like the like that the them shooting dice that you hear on two songs. He said he brought people in and they really just shot dice for thirty minutes, and then they just recorded everything and just took shit from that. Just took shit from you know random parts from the thirty minutes. Um, so I think the voice acting and then that that fatherly figure who whose voice you hear throughout the tracks, that little scruffy voice who ends the album. Um, I mean I loved I lo I think that was some of the best voice acting I've heard on that on a album in a while though they are not d12 <laughs> i think i liked that voice the, the raspiness of it how it, it kind of slipped in and out of different songs i appreciated that voice but at the same time i hated it those women acting that sounded so valley girl like i don't it <laughs> i didn't believe nothing and shit when the woman was talking about uh niggas doing for them and all this i'm like this don't sound this don't you don't sound like you believe yourself so again I like the voice acting, but then it kind of slipped up in a certain places. But it was, you know, the fatherly figure pulling it back in, man. Overall, this album is another great body of work for me. 
from Reason. I think Reason is a great MC similar to the style of J. Cole. Um and <laughs> he has he has some of the same things skill wise that it would take <laughs> to be that level of MC. Somehow J. Cole figured it figured out how to because J. Cole image is boring. Like let's be real. But I think J. Cole um, he leaned be in. real and take that back. He he he, he, he J. Cole leaned into the average Joe look. And so what he did is grew his dreads out. His, his clothes became real. Um, Adam Sandler. Real like scraggly. His clothes became real like not, you know, he don't even wear designer and shit. Come on. Damn it. Somebody calling. Fuck my. Hold on. You know, this started, bitch. And your courage weren't. They called him. They called him for some reason. They fucked up the. Just answer it. I'll talk to him. Okay. Who are you talking about reason? <laughs> okay. So. There's a top dog, and I want you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> so J Cole, J Cole leaned into get that. my rapper's name out your motherfucking mouth. <laughs> he leaned. <laughs> Cody, it's okay. I promise you. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna just J Cole. But he leaned into that average Joe thing, and I think that pushed him. Every album, we got more and more normal normal guy trying to fit trying to figure it out and so you go from like forest hill which was like superstar just kind of going back to his home learning his roots and then staying there and you get for your eyes only which is him just being around the hood and remembering shit for the you know and then you get kod which was kind of like this like this normal guy talking about how much he hates commercial and what the commercial rap is doing and the drugs and put the kids on and every like every album after that was just him being like a normal an average joe an average like even when he speaks it's about him being the average joe that just don't fit in with the superstar shit he can appreciate it but you know he's an average joe guy um the only thing that and i think that reason can can reach that but the only thing that i didn't like about this album Smells like haterade. No, I <laughs> no, I love J Cole, bro. J Cole is one of my top five mm-hmm. rappers, but I just that's his that's his image. His image is the average Joe. We know we know this though. J Cole knows this. He he says. My, I mean, I don't know if this is bias, but it just seems to me like you're like he's leaning this way. He's trying to do this. It's like I, I'm just thinking like he's doing him. Like it's not like he's trying to do a certain thing or like I'm gonna do this now. It's like this, you I, know he I is his what, own brand. Yeah, I get what he's saying though. Like he's he's it's not like he's trying to pose as something. Yeah, oh, right. he's, he's saying be, that he's, he's like, take it too. <laughs> <laughs> he's not trying to to pose as anything. Yeah. It's just like you're saying, Cody, he's just being him. He's not caught up in the whole um rap upper echelon type shit. Um he's and his his mindset has always been y'all can't fuck with me anyway, so there's no reason right. for me to compete and be like this. So yep. I'm just be me. Yep. Yeah, so he he's leaning into it the kind of almost was I want to say always that way, but it's not like it's anything new. I mean, Crooked yeah. Smile came out how long ago, and that's him saying I'm not gonna fix my yeah. like Crooked yep. Chain uh, Grill. Yeah. It's I'm gonna embrace and, it, and that's what know? McCoy is saying that yeah. that's just how J Cole has always been. Yeah, um, and then Reason kind of has to find his own way of being himself instead of being com- com- right. compared to all these other people. Or, having to be the next big thing out of TDE type All right. Things. Well, Russell, I understand that. And McCoy, stop bad-mouthing J. Cole. Listen, no, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. You said, you said something that was that was important. You said he's his own brand. That's exactly what I mean. No matter what, 
when you're in front of people and you selling records and stuff, you are a brand. Even if your brand is to be like, okay, I'm just fall back and be my normal self. Be he always felt like he's t he said this, talked about this on albums and interviews where he's like, I don't. He was like, ain't nobody better than nobody. He's like the crown. He said this on the end of um, Forest Hill Drive. He was like the crown. He's like, ain't no, ain't no, ain't no crowns. He said that like in the in one of them songs. He talks about how we just, you know, he's like, she I'm great, said, but we I all great. Right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So he, but but that that Cricket Smile second album. So he started leaning in second out every album that came after his first album. His first album had some of the most commercial shit he's ever did, which was you know uh, the shit with uh, Trey songs that. Ooh, I heard you got a man He did. He did that specifically for the radio. He said that. He said he didn't, you know, and then Nas, he, I mean, he made the let Nas down song because Nas was like, nah, this is too commercial. Like, he was doing shit because he didn't have singles to try to give Rock Nation singles for them to drop his album. So that right. was about I, I mean, the first album, it seemed like, you know, this is what he put out. And then the second one is like, uh, like a learning step, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like it was, it was him being like, "Nope, going forward, I'm gonna be more and more just myself. I'm gonna lean into being who I am." And and it played out well for him. It played out really well for J Cole because it allowed his his star to shine. And I say all of that to say, no pun intended. I think reason. <laughs> I think reason just needs to, if he gonna lean into being reason, be lean into it even more, man, and just whatever. But the only thing I didn't like about this album is the idea of concept album. It's lost at times. So, you see, I don't think he does it's enough. a little forced or no? Yes, yes. I don't think mm -hmm. he does enough to connect these stories, in my opinion. So, where it could or should play like a bit of a movie, it sounds more like a bunch of stories thrown together, laced, yeah. trying to be laced together with the, with the different voices and different, like, skit shit. Um, in fact, not even all the songs have a date <laughs> so he said push he was pushing a these are gonna be based on dates and there are plenty of songs on here that have not one date in them so i'm not mm -hmm. sure if it was supposed to be there or what um that issue yeah. made me hate the fact that he even wasted time calling it or trying to make it a concept album because his first album wasn't concept but i love that album top to bottom yeah so um, overall, I give this album a solid 8.5 um, because it's creative, and but it didn't quite make it to where it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all in all, I think eventually we will see the reason he is here. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> we had so, so many reason jokes. I just looked at it like, damn, I shouldn't even read this shit. But <laughs> um, and that, <laughs> now it's time for. Reciprocity. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is this low enough? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So once again, I was in a, a space of contemplation and what I was going to talk about today. Um, City of the week really made me feel rather nostalgic. Um, a lot of the track just reminded me of, of, of different songs and how he put it together. Um, so before we get into it, besides the CD that we reviewed um, this week and today, 
Um, what's a song or CD that you found yourself to have on repeat or, or been really, like, invested in recently? I'll go. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of times that I'll hear something from, like, I don't know, an Instagram video or I'm watching mm-hmm. something like a TV show or something on the laptop and I uh, find myself uh, shazamming the song. Mm-hmm. So I hear like 30 seconds of it. I'm like, oh, I like this. I'll see. And I'll either listen to that song or I'll like put it in a playlist or I'll explore the album or something like that. So there's mm-hmm. one that I've listened to recently a lot um, called, let's see. I think the band name is, yeah, the band name is called The Oh Hellos. And the album okay. is called Dear Wormwood. And it's folk but I like that a lot. Certain, okay. you know, music has emotional vibes, so that's really nice for me to be like peace, calmful, or if I'm overstressed, it just like helps bring me like a meditation, you know. Okay. Getting into the second question, but that's cool. McCoy, what about you? Oh man. Um albums right now, um, is there a reason that you're still album? Yeah. <laughs> okay? I want to. I want to do. I want to do song because album. Okay, I'm gonna do. Can I do one song, one album. <laughs> um, we don't have enough time for that. I know, right? I'm like, <laughs> I woke up. I woke up too late. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so <laughs> album, album, and we are gonna talk about this album next time. Next time on NPC, Scarlet by Doja Cat. Johansson. Scar- <laughs> Shut up. Cody. So uh, Red Devil by um, so, um. <laughs> so that that's that album I don't even get into it, but that's been one of the ones. But song though, there's this song by this group called Glass Animals called Go- Oh yeah, you were talking about that. Yeah. Yep, called Gooey. And this song is, is from twenty fourteen and I stumbled upon it um a few like about a week and a half ago. And mm-hmm. so somebody put me onto it. And I listen to that song like once a day to calm myself <laughs> and to kind of like just mellow out. Um, it, it gives me that same, it just gives me a sense of peace that's like amazing. So, okay. So, the next question was going to be, you know, what feelings or emotions does it bring to the service for you? <laughs> but you guys have kind of already touched on that. Um, does it bring up any any memories? And if so, do they gravitate towards happier me- memories or more serious or serene memories? I'll say for me, um, it made me gravitate. Like, Gooey makes me just gravitate towards um, 2012 when I was doing like a, <laughs> doing a lot of Molly, doing a lot of Molly. Um, mm-hmm. And it, you know, I don't hold, I don't want to sound like to sound bad. Uh, because a lot of those memories were with my ex, so, but it was the feel, the feeling of that time, the feeling. Yeah, no, for I sure. Mean, that's what's attached to memories is, is the emotions. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, just how how good I felt, you know, uh, during those times. So, yeah. man, you and fly. even even those emotions can be kind of rosy colored. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. they actually were. So, oh, for yeah. oh, for shit show. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because I got the inside track, but you know, <laughs> Cody, what about you? The, does the song that you you were talking about or the album does it bring up any memories? If so, um, do they gravitate towards happier or more serious uh, memories or emotions? Not, not particularly memories, just 
vibes, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes, like in mornings or stuff like that, when I'm not working, I'm uh, I try to play something on uh, get a certain vibe, and it's usually either like, you know. Right. I know the kids either like uh, Bob Marley or Jack Johnson when I play that, and if they're not around, sometimes or even if they are, sometimes I need a uh, like a again to calm myself kind of thing, or just get that peaceful like I'm in the woods or something like that. So I'll play a uh, Horse Feathers, um, okay. which is another like folk one or this album a lot. Okay, have you found yourself like more recently just delving more into like folk music or music that's kind of in the same genre? Because of how it, you know, gives you that peace or uh, those emotions. Um, I'd say more into maybe I don't know, but I don't know. There's just some time I can't really do as of late. I'll say uh, I don't go out of my way to listen to like either rap or hip hop or harder rap or hip hop or something like that, mm-hmm. or even like. It's rare, or it's right. rare that I listen to like metal or rock. Like, I just maybe it's just my life is, I'll say, chaotic or so busy that it's just like I need it's like a big deep breath for me, you know, to listen right. to something calmer. Right. And I, and I get it because, you know, music, um, in, in my opinion, in my belief, um, it carries a certain vibe, it carries a certain emotional state. Mm-hmm. Some would say it carries a spirit. Um, but it, it gives a certain energy depending on what you're listening to, who you're listening to, the lyrics, the music, all that good stuff. Um, does the music or the lyrics hit you hardest when you're listening to these uh, these songs or this album? No, because I don't know what they're talking about. I should pay attention and see what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the pretty guitar music and the yeah. Okay, so the music. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with Cody on that. It's definitely, it's definitely the music first. Um, the sound of their voice against the music is amazing. It's like beautiful, but mm-hmm. it's not. It, but the words are not necessarily my focus. Um, Watch, I'm going to pay attention. They're going to be like, during the Third Reich. <laughs> 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 Ooh, I guess I can't listen to this. Right, what, what was I doing? This is meditation to me? I guess I'm going to meditate. What does it say about meditation? Right. <laughs> Stupid dog. <laughs> Maybe Britney Spears has a point. No. <laughs> and they're not just her nice. Um, <laughs> right. She has two points. <laughs> so, the uh, third right. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. <laughs> so for me, um, a couple of things that I've kind of been playing on repeat. Um, one of us is Final Go Through Your Phone oh. by uh, PJ Morton. <laughs> Um, and JP funny Morgan. enough, uh, PJ Morgan, oh. uh, Morton, excuse me. I don't know that. Oh. Um, and so, and of, and of course, funny enough, as you said, Cody, uh, a few video game soundtracks, um, mm-hmm. a few from, uh, Final Fantasy 13 too, which is, um, which has a crazy soundtrack for, um, a video game. Um, a friend of mine and I were talking about, um, just video game music in general and how we're just reminiscing on um, different games that have just crazy um, soundtracks like um, like Sonic, um, Pokemon 2, um, <laughs> Tetris. Um, Tetris is very nostalgic. Cool. Yeah. 
Um, and of course, there have been a few others, but these seem to be in, in heavy, heavy rotation. Um, just to kind of go over the, the Final Fantasy series, the FF series, the lyrics are actually pretty powerful and, and abstract, but it's the, the music and remembering where I was in the game that hits hardest for me. It also yeah. brings you back to like simpler times when I was younger, um, you know, where I was staying, what classes I may have been taking, old friends and acquaintances, where my focus was. Um, and then, of course, you know how my mind works. I get to thinking about things that I could have done more or, or done better or pursued more. But the, the contrast is that this type of thinking doesn't get me down or fill me with regret. They're just genuine, warm, and happy memories, no matter mm-hmm. what I was going through at the time. I remember when we, for the pod, too, listened uh, when it came out, Man on the Moon 3, Kid mm-hmm. Cudi, and mm, Siri. Alexa, my wife. <laughs> During the third right. right. My third right lady. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we're, we're my third Rachel. <laughs> my third episode. A lot about, uh, those, that time period because I would listen to that album a lot while mm-hmm. playing um, one of the Far Cry games. And mm-hmm, we had mm-hmm. this like Christmas um advent calendar for my mom that was full of different kinds of beer cans that like so we got to explore that and there's like a just i remember a nice like christmasy aroma i don't know it was yeah good times there's some albums like that too that i just right 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 yeah man especially attached to video games um a a lot of cds and um, songs that i listen to um they uh they bring me back to a certain game I was playing, and it makes me want to play that game again. Oh my yes. god! Oh my god, dude! Uh, so, I'm so obsessed with Days Gone. I always go back to playing that. And there was a, uh, I think like post game like side mission thing, or like in the menu with like you have to find it or something. Um, mm-hmm. And you're basically just like in a golf cart in this little small area, like picking people up like a taxi thing, dropping them off, and time limit, you know, but. There's like a little radio station going on through there, and I found this band from that called right. uh, the Old Revival, and I okay. love them so much. That's kind of like a, uh, I don't know, rock, rock of some sort. But I like them a lot. It's, it's like a calm rock or something like that, but it's relaxing and nice to me. You know, right, 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 dude. The um, um real. Real quick, I was you were talking about video game soundtracks, and it got me immediately to thinking because I was able to play this uh, about two weeks ago. Um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Four. Yeah. Tony Hawk yeah. Pro Skater Four. That's what put me on the loop page. <laughs> uh, funny enough. That's what really? Uh, Did they that have one, um, or is it um, Cool Borders? Uh, one of them uh, skateboarding, cool snowboarder games got me. Um, it initially introduced me to Kick Push. Oh, and so wow. then I just went through his whole catalog because it just brought that one song to me. Man, <laughs> That's a good song. Man. It, uh, dude, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, there are certain songs on there that, so when I played it, I played it and I started <laughs> listening to those songs and I immediately like went back to being 13, 14 year old McCoy, fresh out of like eighth grade going into high school. I remember playing that. And then also around that time, um, what was it? Tony Hawk's Underground. Came out like the next year or whatever. Yeah. And those games, those Underground games. and Wasteland, are so good. Wasteland, man. <laughs> I, damn, I never, I never played Wasteland. I played Under. 
Oh, you gotta play it, dog. American Man. Wasteland was so so good. Man, but like I the, like those ones where it's like you can really have your own character and customize yep. and yeah. get off of your skateboard and walk around and do like outrageous stuff that, that you was, can't really do in real life too. Like that was right. that was just, underground. Like, I think skating on the. Oh yeah, that yeah. one too. But like you can skate, yeah, on like uh, telephone wires. Like this is not realistic. I'm having fun. <laughs> <laughs> there was like something you could unlock in underground where it was like. Uh, there was like a uh, concert stage thing, and you, I forget what you do to unlock or something like that. But then you have Kiss the band playing on there. Yeah, <laughs> that was so cool. Dog, that man, that uh, I, I, those moments, man, those songs on there. There's a song on uh Tony Hawk's under or Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Four, I think it is called, um, um, when you die, but it's like this really wacky MC is like, um. Where he he's it's like he's rapping really fast and it's like and I remember being a kid I'm like what the fuck is going on here but I like but I like this as a as a kid like and then another another game that always takes me back dude that like so um Vice City Vice City GTA Vice City GTA Three and GTA San Andreas those three games um just unlocked. Uh, level of like man i would you you, you listen to good sounds for the those games only has a green to the one yeah yeah even the uh like the cool borders and um the tricky they had like SSX pretty good tricky. songs yeah <laughs> yeah I, that's how i knew or found out what run dmc was <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> Um, as I've gotten older, the lyrics from these songs really make me think and, and see how they apply to like my own life. I find it funny that these games are geared towards maybe a teen to young adult audience who may not have that much life experience under their belts. But the characters in these games, especially the games I play, the role-playing games, they go through so much which the lyrics reflect. Um, mm. An example is, uh, as sooner than memories begin to fray, everything from the past just swept away. Remembering when all who are gone are now lost. Like, come on, man. What teen or young adult is thinking about these things <laughs> or thinking deeply about these things when they're just trying to make it in whatever endeavor they're currently focused on? Like, the heaviness of death and loss in a lot of these games Emo. is totally heightened in these uh, lyrics and common songs in different areas of the game. The Last of Us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that, that comes to mind is uh, Oh Cursed Fate, Eternally Delivering Your Doom, But No True Hope Is Born. My Faith Is Stronger Than Your Agonies, Hope Survives Your Pain. But it's like, it's set to like this dope ass track that I'm just like bugging to, going through slaying monsters and I'm absorbed in the game. And then the lyrics come around slaying monsters. Times, is that what you I'm do like, on a Friday night? Man. And, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, damn, this is some heavy shit for a simple role playing game. You know what I mean? So, like you guys are saying, for for me, it's it's the music that hits hardest at first, um, and then the lyrics come afterwards. And I'm like, wow, like this is not what I thought this song was, you know, was was saying at the time when I was just. Dude, and 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 it's kind of like that whole uh, you know, the man, uh, different man steps in a river, or it's not the same river, you know, whatever yeah. it's called, said sort of thing. Because yeah. it's like exactly. you could interpret it. <laughs> interpret that song differently than any of us like we all have our own different interpretations and i was just thinking about how um you take a song and match it up to a certain life event even if that life event is a game or a book or movie or whatever right. and that can have so many different meanings and 
it all hits us differently in our own little special way. <laughs> On a somewhat different tirade, um, PJ Morton. So there's like pure humanism in his song, uh, Go Through Your Phone. Um, if you're not familiar with it, he just talks about um, how he doesn't want to go through um, his girl's phone uh, in the relationships. Uh, of course, it speaks to, um, unfortunately, modern relationships. Our trust is not always the forefront, and infidelity for some is simply just the routine. Uh, the common practice of going through uh, one's partner's phone, phone um, is more prevalent than we might think. Um, I can't even tell you how many people have confessed to it, professed to do it, and they even expect it from uh, their partner or others um, who they're connected to. Um, sadness there. Um, whereas the singer states, his main fear is someone else having um, their heart. Um, so the transparency and not feeling worthy enough or there being someone else who has your significant other's mind, attention, and heart. Um, I personally have been in this situation many times and would tend to feel jaded and bitter. And in the past, I definitely felt like, like really crushed, um, but had to learn that it was their loss in fumbling someone who was actually genuine. We all have our flaws, shortcomings, and opportunities for growth, but there's something to be said about someone who gives um, gives things their best effort in trying to make things work or compromise for the betterment of the relationship if both parties are on the same page. The fear of a stolen heart goes hand in hand with the depressive thought of having to restart, which he also talks about in the song. Um, what seems to be the trend for many relationships today. Um, I'm so glad that, you know, um, my friend circle is is not suffering from that and that you've established strong bonds and strong connections with your partners um, to where they hold you up and support you just as you do them. Um, and that there's work being done in the relationship to make them work because that's what relationships take. Um, the relationships nowadays, they seem to have no staying power. There's no effort to try and work things out. Everyone jumped from person to person, from situationship mm -hmm. to situationship, um, instead of having the patience and fortitude to see things through. Also in friendships, employment, and, and any other connection that requires some discipline. I want mm -hmm. to be clear that this song doesn't bring up uh, any memories of me being in a situation, um, but I can relate on some of the points it brings up about how relationships sometimes need that extra push to get over things and really decide on what's worth fighting for instead of what's worth fighting about. Ooh. And, uh, and that's a big thing with relationships, too. It's not arguing with the person and you get so defensive and you think, you know, me versus yeah. them, it's it's supposed to be a team, us versus the situation. Right, right. Not the me versus you type of thing. Yeah. 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 Trust, respect, and commitment usually outlast what, or goes the distance with uh, attraction. You know, um, I remember, uh, you, you know, Disney movies and how, you know, uh, uh, to quote a Lupe uh, song, he gets the girl um, to where, you know, it's all about the love and it's all about the, the falling in love and love at first sight. Love is fun and, and cute, but effort, patience, discipline, trust, and loyalty should be the foundation on which relationships continue to thrive. Uh, what's even more interesting is that 
neither should be separate from the other. Sometimes love is the glue that holds them together for the other parts to establish themselves, but sometimes the foundation is laid correctly and love seeps in before we know it. Damn, that's the truth as fuck. I'm feeling we're not talking about music and video games anymore. <laughs> to, to that effect, the catchy guitar that starts the song and plays through it gives an old lounge feeling to me, which brings back the memory of many times I've been in front of an audience or got to witness an artist in their craft and how they really bring out thoughts and feelings from just um, a simple chord or some lyric that just randomly um, brings out thoughts and feelings that we think we're buried, bringing forth our own life soundtrack. Wake me up when <laughs> September. <laughs> I was going to say, wake me up inside. Um, um, so to whoever's, to whoever's listening, um, and to you, my friends, uh, I hope today, whenever you hear this or you hear a song um, that resonates in your heart, or that you, if you don't have one, I hope there is a song or a few that brings you comfort, that brings you nostalgia, that encourages you, that reminds you of good times, even when it isn't the current time. I hope the song brings you smiles, brings you tears when a release is needed, brings you together, puts you back together. Music is life. McCoy? Damn. He's right. He's right. It's always your transition. Damn. No, no. <laughs> well, actually, the damn is going to be big because now it's time for fucked up story of the week. Um, the fucked up story of the and week. We were talking about Kendrick. Damn. The, the fucked up story of the week this week, man. Israel and Palestine. Um, mm-hmm. we don't have to get off too deep into it, but man, that's just shit is going crazy, man. Shit is the shit is going crazy, and if. I think my dad's gone crazy. And it's funny because I don't I don't want to get on here and start bashing Israel. And let me take that back. I do want to get on here and start bashing Israel, but I don't you know, I think when people speak that, people think that that means that, you know, like you should be condemning people that's doing wrong. So we should be condemning Hamas, we should be condemning Israel, we should be condemning all bad acts um so i just want whatever is going on over there to, to end but most importantly the reason i'm saying this is as a black man in america who knows what it's like to watch the world turn a blind eye to genocide and yes. shit going on to on you i want I, blind? I want the world to that's the greatest one of the greatest man of all time anyway <clears throat> i want uh the world to stop fucking turning a blind eye to the shit going on over there. No matter whose side you on, whatever the case, there's some genocidal type shit going on over there and has been for a while. And so we need to go in, we we go in every other place. The world will go in any other place, but no one's stepping in right now. And I think we're, we're failing both parties. I'll just say both parties. Because it's real. It's so real that. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is, uh, the fucked up story of the week. I don't know if y'all want to chime in or not. Or y'all just want to skip over it, but I totally understand if you want to skip. <clears throat> I I know something's going on. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little too. I got my own. Yeah, I got you. I got stuff you. to worry about. You know. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, I mean, I I come from the perspective of biblically, this is kind of what is supposed to happen. So whatever you believe. Um, I I don't agree with um, the, the actual goings on, um, 
but I agree with you, McCoy, that uh, I I wish the world would. But um, that's kind of what the world does with these major conflicts. They pick and choose what they want to be interested, what they want to be involved in, and how they they treat things. So, yeah. um, it is what it is. Yeah. Unfortunately. Prayers. Biblically, too, Flint, Michigan still didn't have clean water. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, true. I mean, you've got so many, so many different tragedies and crises of, around the world that it tends to make us numb to yeah. anything new. Yeah. yeah. So prayers and prayers and good vibes and good energy through the universe up to those people, man. Um, <clears throat> fun fact of the week is snakes can predict earthquakes. Did you know that snakes have a sixth sense? These slithery creatures can sense an upcoming earthquake. Six sense. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, yeah. you Russell. Thank you. These uh, creatures can sense an earthquake, an upcoming earthquake from a staggering 75 miles away up to five whole days before it happens. So. And, and they don't even warn us. <laughs> assholes. and this has been episode 128 of not politically correct okay (laughs) okay i'm your boy real mccoy aka mr what it do aka young splash guy and you know where i'm at cody i don't know where (laughs) in your nightmare say that go to cedar Um, cedar and everything Oh, Nightmares, Insomniac, <laughs> Games, Spider-Man 2, Full Circle. Full Circle, okay, Full Circle. <laughs> and I'm done with my sandwich. <laughs> Dude, I told you you said thanks. Somebody hand you it. Never mind. Gang!